Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello and welcome to AADE's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kate Thomas, and I'm the Director of Advocacy at AADE, and we've got a great show for you today. I had the pleasure of talking to AADE member and diabetes educator Suzanne Lonas about her involvement and experience with advocacy initiatives. The episode is full of great tips, resources, and wisdom for both seasoned advocates and those looking to take their first step. Without further ado, here is my interview with Suzanne. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited to be recording this podcast today. My guest is Suzanne Lonis from California. She's a member of AADE's Advocacy Committee and a very active member within the state of California in its coordinating body, which we'll refer to here as a CB. Many of you may already know Suzanne through her great work on Medicaid coverage for continuous glucose monitors in California. But Suzanne works at the University of California, San Diego. There, she is an inpatient diabetes educator, and part of that role is to facilitate shared medical appointments monthly with the UCSD Endocrinology Clinic. For anybody who knows Suzanne, the most important thing to tell you about who she is is that she is incredibly passionate about advocating for people with diabetes and helping them to successfully self-manage their disease and live a happy, healthy life without complications. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here today. Oh, well, thank you very much for asking me. Is there anything I missed in the intro that you wanted to tell us about yourself? I know you're so involved in California, and you're also involved with a number of other different organizations. Tell us what I missed. Uh, Well, I also am very involved in the community, bringing continuing education to our educators at local meetings, at our networking meetings. And through that, we've been able to get involved with community events. We participated in an event which I became aware of through one of my patients through a shared medical through our shared medical appointments. He presented to me a community organization that he's involved in, and, and every year they hold a Christmas party for 700 needy families in San Diego, and it's by invite only. And he asked if we could have diabetes educators there. So for the past two years, we have done outreach and we started with them and it has been a real success. So part of my philosophy or really my belief is we need to get education out to basically anyone in the community that needs support or is unaware of how to manage diabetes That's really amazing, Suzanne. Something that comes to mind is the real importance of community outreach and the opportunity it presents to connect people and support them in that way. It makes such a difference and has a really strong impact 
when we're working within the community on our advocacy efforts. Community advocacy is the broadest and most important sense of our advocacy applications. Direct engagement with people and being part of that community has rewards for both the diabetes educator and the members of the community in terms of making that connection. I've noticed you really make advocacy seem effortless. Everything you do is naturally advocating. It's in your follow-up, it's in seizing every opportunity. So you don't just talk about advocacy, but you live it in a very expansive sense, which is really interesting to me. Could you talk a little bit more about that approach? I feel like the average person may say, oh, look, I met this group and I collected some business cards and it was really wonderful, but I'm going to follow up later. You don't do that. When you make a connection, you follow up on that connection almost immediately. So really, what drives you and what makes you go forward in that way? Mm -hmm. And could you give us some examples of how you do that? You know, most people really, really appreciate that you care. And that's what I think drives me is making sure others are taken care of and their needs are met. And it's not always perfect. And it's not always easy, as I've said, but it's important to be the voice and to inform people, even if, um, you know, you feel like you've done that a hundred times. I have type one diabetes, and that draws a lot of my passion for helping people with diabetes. I like to tell them of different community events going on to get them involved and to help them with their disease. And one individual reached out to me that uh, was newly diagnosed, and I uh, mentioned to her about this TCLYD1 conference that is held. It's a, I think this will be their third year, and invited her to attend, and she went with her parents. Well, fast forward a year two years later, and she's graduated from dietitian school, and she is now a registered dietitian. She's looking for a job in in California. She connected with me, and through that, I've connected her, helping her find a job, but I'm also brought up this continuous glucose monitor legislation, and she's come full circle involved. And she's younger than me, so she's very uh, social media connected. And so she's taking that a step further and posting on Instagram and Twitter. And and today, she's joining me uh, with three other individuals to go to the Appropriations Committee Chair's office who happens to be in San Diego, which I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm here, that chair of that committee's here, and we're all going together. And that's really, that's how those connections circle forward. And it's not always about advocacy in the sense of legislation to start, but helping others. And I feel like that's sort of how I network. And how I try to get the information out to people. I think that's a really important message. If you don't have a ready network of advocates, just create your own advocacy training program and approach your outreach in that way. But really, I think that speaks to your ability to connect people and build that network. It's taking advantage of those opportunities by not holding back and not being afraid, going ahead and reaching out to a local legislator or connecting with a community group, as you said, It looks different for whoever you are and whatever groups you're working with within that space. And something that I've learned um, that you and I spoke about as well, 
is that not everybody has the same priorities in the advocacy world. My top priority may be to pass a piece of federal legislation, but your top priority may be making some needed improvements within your practice or working on a state bill. Advocacy looks different to different people. It takes on many shapes, sizes, and forms, so that really makes it unique. And I think what you described is really helpful for anybody listening that is interested in advocacy and doesn't know how to start. That's one of our most commonly asked questions, how do I start? Just start by making those connections and making those small changes, especially since diabetes educators know that the small behavior changes and the small steps add up to make a big difference. This is what you're best at, diabetes educators. They all add up in a way that can really shift the paradigm on some of these advocacy issues. And then finally, there's no perfect opportunity. When we talk about advocacy, there's often this perception that you're waiting, waiting for the right opportunity to come your way and not taking action right away because you're still waiting for that perfect opportunity to act. But it's not always going to be perfect and it's not always going to be easy. And it's more so about chipping away at some of these big issues and building relationships as you go. So I think all of these are really important points for both our seasoned advocates and our novice advocates. It does help to hear from someone like yourself that it is a process and that success does look different depending on what you're doing. So Suzanne, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're working on now? Yes. My main goal right now is to get continuous glucose monitors covered for Medi-Cal patients in California. Um, and we've, and that, that does drive me a lot because I feel that that is so important because it's just a right that people with diabetes should have. It's a tool. It, it, it matters. And it's a tool that really helps you better control your diabetes. Oh, my gosh, the positive changes I see with, with um, patients' self-behavior and knowing, knowing what that tool gives them to take better care of themselves and just be able to know what's going on with their bodies is huge. And I see patients come to us who have just started one and love it and are so thankful. And then I see patients who are struggling to just get them. And it just, it just doesn't seem right to me. And so that's why I, I, I um, really go, will do whatever I can do to get that passed. And the first time you speak up, Kate, I feel like it's, I want to let people know it's not easy. Um, there will be rejection. There will be people that won't have time and we all have busy lives, but there, you will catch some. There are some out there that will, will help and or will open a door for something else. And those are the wins. And those are what keep me going. And I used to feel, oh, no, that person said, no, what am I going to do? But then I, I just took, a, took some time, thought about it, and thought, okay, don't take it personally. Just keep trying. And that's the hard part <laughs> is not to take it personally. That's the hard part for me, at least. I'm glad you brought up the California Medicaid issue. So this is a piece of legislation that expands coverage for continuous glucose monitors in California for the Medicaid population. And what I think is unique about this issue is that the bill has been passed twice by the California legislature, but hasn't yet been signed into law by the governor due to cost concerns. Usually we're dealing with trying to get a piece of legislation passed, but now you're dealing with having it pass a third time 
and this time having the governor sign it as well. Will you give us an update about where you are with the bill right now? So this is our third year trying, and and pardon me for not knowing all the terms because I'm learning as well, but it's basically passed two committees, and or one committee, and is going now to the uh, Assembly Appropriations Committee, and that, that hearing is set for tomorrow. And what I have been told is there's a, been a lot of contact with the governor's office, uh, letting his staff know the importance of the passage of this bill. And along with Assemblymember Gray, who authored the bill, he has been doing a lot of work as well, moving this forward. And tomorrow, if it clears that, that committee, it will move forward and then we'll go to Governor Newsom to get signed into law. And I've been, what I've been told is that one of his agendas is health care. And we feel hopeful that it will be passed this year. I also think it's worth mentioning that in California, you've had the same governor for many years who wouldn't sign the bill. But now there's been a shift in the administration. So there's new hope for the bill, which speaks to the importance of keeping at it with some of these issues. Things do constantly change in advocacy, especially within Congress or state legislatures. People are coming and going. And with that, there's always opportunity for new movement or new strategy to help advance your issue. I will say there's been more association support of this legislation, which I consider very helpful. So there's a, there's a lot of grassroots support of it now, um, more than, I mean, it's just grown over the past three years. So over the course of three years, you found that there's been more grassroots involvement. I think that's interesting because on my end, we see a lot of issue fatigue. Advocates get tired of going back to the same issues and having to send that letter one more time or contact your legislator another time, asking for that same support year after year. But you seem to be finding the opposite, which is really hopeful. People are getting a little bit more engaged and a little bit savvier in terms of the issues and more willing to push this boulder up the hill. Has that been your experience? Yes. And I'm going to speak to one thing in particular that at first I didn't realize how important it was. And it goes back to an email I sent out just three weeks ago through my AADE discussion on the California Discussion Board and our announcements. I can't remember its discussion. But anyway, an email went out to all the members in, in California. And I was informing everyone, it needs to get off the suspense hearing by May 17th or it's not going to move forward. And so I was really encouraging everyone to call their legislative office and specifically the Assembly Appropriations Chair. And I sent that out and I always send out the talking points so people have in front of them what to say to help if they need it. And I get this email back from an individual stating that their their logo wasn't on the talking points. And at first I was like, oh, okay, how do I handle that? Well, it turns out that basically our coalition was waiting for an official uh, letter of support and our official email. But what was driven home to me was that 
that logo, if I wouldn't have sent out that email, it probably wouldn't have, it, it would have been still waiting. And so, but that also indicated to me how many more professional organizations have joined on this legislation in support. And that's what I mean of it's, it's grown. And I'm, I'm totally taken back when I hear, I never heard of this legislation. And that's, and that's where it grows too. And it's mainly just keep talking about it, keep talking about it wherever I am. I try to bring it up and ask people to call because I just think people aren't, it's, they're so busy. It's maybe so much information overload coming to them and, and you just need to keep bringing that up, keep bringing them. Sometimes I feel like I'm just doing it so much. I, I feel like I, oh my gosh, I can't do this again. But then I always say, okay, you got to do it. And that's when I get surprised. That's when I get these responses. And that's what keeps me going is I feel like we need to keep going and get this done. That's really interesting because I think what we're talking about here is all of the different levels of advocates. We have some people who may be interested in getting involved and some people that may already be involved and looking to refine their skill set in advocacy. In the California example that you talk about, we see this high level of strategy in terms of changing courses with this new administration, working with the state assembly, making those connections with the governor's office, and coalition building. Those are some pretty high-level advocacy concepts. In terms of building practical nuts and bolts advice for the person that's really interested in becoming involved in advocacy, I've heard you say a few things today that I think may be helpful to reiterate for those that are looking to get involved. The first is to be open to people when you make those connections and never just put a card to the side, especially if you make a contact and get a business card. Instead, think about how to leverage that contact or relationship to work on something together. That really takes immediate follow-up, which you talked about earlier in the podcast. Yes. I know there are many situations where you make a contact and then sometimes you ask for help and sometimes they ask you for help. And that kind of faith builds up a repository of advocacy contacts. So you're really reaching out and you're being helpful where you can and they're being helpful where they can. Another thing that I feel like you touched on is the importance of connecting locally with local diabetes educators in your LNG group or local networking group or within your CB. And the value of connecting those relationships back to the national organization and being part of that bigger community. Do you have any other advice that you have for somebody that may be listening to this and is really inspired by what you're saying but isn't quite sure exactly where to start? I would say that the best way to start is first find an item or issue that you're very passionate about or you feel is important. It does not have to be it does not have to be a a legislative issue. I mean it it doesn't have to be a bill or or and you don't need to like you said, you don't need to feel like you have to be out in front of everybody. But find something that you feel is important and just start small. Just start sharing it with others. If you are someone that is good with connecting on social media, put it on social media. I'm learning social media. That I, I will say I'm an older person. <laughs> I feel older, but 
it's just not my thing. I'm a person that likes to pick up the phone or send an email, but social media is definitely a way to go. And if you're with someone and they are involved or they, you, you see them involved in something you're, you have a desire to get involved in, just reach out to them because you know, people are always afraid to ask to get involved. And it's really nice for those of us who are involved to ask to invite others to join. And, and I know that feeling of, oh my gosh, you, thank you so much. You want to, you, I'm happy to help. That is what most responses are. But I, I've put myself in a person's shoes that you're describing. And I would say, just take the step. If it's, but volunteering at one of the uh, uh, community organizations for people with diabetes, just step up and volunteer at that. Or if you get an email regarding a, a legislative item that you're very that you're you really want to see change done, just s- put your name on there and send that letter. It's it's pretty easy. It's pretty anonymous. You just the link is up through my AADE, just the templates there, just sign it, send it off to your legislator and do those sorts of things. Because once you start getting involved, your passion grows and you want to do more and more. I started just going to the local JDRF office and volunteering. I had the fear of they're going to say, who are you? We don't know you, but oh, everyone wants to volunteer and you get to know the inner workings of the event and what's going on. And I would recommend doing something that you can just get your feet wet and, and then move forward. Yes, people don't have to know everything to start. It's important to realize some people may have more knowledge on one topic area than you, but you may have uh, experience in another area. So there's definitely a balance of knowledge that when you bring everybody together, it can really make a difference. And I will say, I, I had something occur at work, which I was very hesitant to, to speak up. And something inside me just pushed me to do it. And in the end, it was the best thing I ever did. And it is hopefully creating change on a particular issue. But what was so cool about it is others didn't know that was even a problem. And as you said, Kate, don't think it has to be uh, a particular area. It could be advocacy at where you work. It, it could be uh, starting something up at your church to help people. I mean, it, it, it literally, it's just getting where you feel something is needed and starting something and it can be on a very small scale and it can and it will grow. And to that point, what I find especially helpful to get started is just to start off with some simple reading. Start reading a little bit of your emails, whether they're AADE emails or emails from your CB. Subscribe to your state CB site on my AADE network or just skim through, read, or pay attention to your local news and look for certain issues. Mm -hmm. If I'm learning something new about an issue, I start by slowly scanning and reading. And also, you'd be surprised how many free advocacy resources there are out there. Anyone can subscribe to their congressperson's website and get updates there. In fact, if you go 
Just type in your member of Congress, go to their website. Usually before you're even able to access that website, a dialog box pops up and then you can just put in your email address and subscribe that way. Kaiser Health News also has a free daily subscription that is customized by state with some great information there. And then certainly AADE's materials are a really good way to start gathering information of what's going on specific to diabetes educators. I agree because through advocacy, through getting involved, I've learned of other organizations and I've subscribed to their website and oh my gosh, I've learned so much and they they post things that are the most recent updates on an issue and I 100% agree reading and researching and finding out what is going on and there you'll be inspired to, you know, help with something, you know, it doesn't have to be big, it can be small, it can be just reading and, and sharing it with your friends. I mean, that's, that's huge. And now you don't even have to read, you can just listen to this advocacy podcast. (laughs) Suzanne, I wanted to ask, because you say this a lot, even going back to when I first met you, I heard all these things about Suzanne being this legend and all of the great things she was doing in California. But when I actually met you, you were very humble and modest about your accomplishments and the work that you've been doing. Something that you said then and you say quite often is, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I think you've walked us through your advocacy approach, but in the spirit of learning, I wonder what it is you want to learn more about. What's the next frontier for you? And what are you most curious about? Mm -hmm. I really want to get more involved in advocacy. I absolutely love doing it. I've received comments that, gosh, I don't know how you do that. It's fun for me. <laughs> it, it drives me. It's like a passion. And I, I sometimes wish I could do it as a full-time job. I feel there's such a need out there. And, and, I, and I, I'd like to learn more about how to share my voice. That is something I would love to learn more about. And and I like to learn about the different um, organizations, and I'd, I'd like to learn more about them. I'd like to learn more about key issues and what the movement of them is. Like this, like we're going to D.C. I am super excited about going because I, now I know we're going to be meeting with uh, legislators, and I know the day on Monday we're going to be, I believe, learning and um, sharing ideas. Whenever I've gone to those, I come back completely energized. And, and I want to learn more about how, as I said, how to use my voice and how to get more involved. I just feel that I, there are so many things, and I've, I, in my own opinion, I, I'm at that point where I want to take it to the next step. And the next step would be learning more about key ways to meet with the stakeholders and to hear what they're thinking and learn more about why things aren't moving forward and where all the resistance is and try to learn how to move through that. I think that's what I'm I'm ready to tackle. I feel the same way. I've been doing advocacy for a long time and have done a lot of Hill meetings. But as many times as I've done those meetings, I always feel like I learn something new every time. And that's a really important takeaway for me is to be open to some of these things and make sure that you continue to keep learning. 
sometimes in a meeting, you'll find out a different way to say something, or I never thought of framing the issue in that way. So it, I think it's most important to be receptive to that learning, learn from your peers and learn from others, and get feedback when you're refining your message. I can definitely appreciate what you're saying there. As we close out our conversation today, I wanted to thank you so much for your time and your insight. There are so many lessons to be learned from your experiences and the work that you're doing in California with coverage for CGM. We want people to hear this and find something to take away. And as we conclude, I wanted to mention some of our resources that we talked about. The first is for anybody interested in advocacy, we would encourage you to subscribe to the Advocacy Forum on my AADE network. That's an online platform available for AADE members. If you go to the homepage for my AADE network, scroll to the bottom right-hand corner, and you'll see a little icon that says Advocacy Forum. Click on that, and when you get to the page, you can subscribe. There's a little button on the top right-hand side of that page. It's one of those things where you can sign up, you can engage just by reading the information that's posted on the site, you can have a dialogue with your colleagues. A lot of our advocates will post updates there. I try to post updates at least once a week about what's happening in Congress or other state issues, or even other materials that have been released by entities like the United States Preventative Services Task Force or others. Or you can just share an update about what you're working on or what you want to find more information about. It's a great tool. Also, visit AADE's website. As Suzanne mentioned, throughout this site, we have our Legislative Action Center, where you can learn more about our federal legislation, the Expanding Access to Diabetes Self-Management Training Act. You can send your letter uh, to your member of Congress, which is really easy. And you can connect in other ways, too. There's a link if you wanted to tweet your member of Congress. Those are just a few ways to get involved. And they're some of the easiest and most effective ways to do so. And so as we closed, I thought I'd ask you, what can someone do today to advocate for a person with diabetes or diabetes educators? Today, I would say, share your knowledge. When, when you're with, you know, whoever you're with today, I mean, those of us that are um, working, share your knowledge with a patient because they're the front, they're the first that matter and advocating with them. Find out what is important to them because that connection carries a long way. I find that in my experience, I learned so much from the patient first. And we're all educators. And our being able to impart knowledge on them about diabetes is so important that it, it just that little nugget that they learn can help them a long way. So that's what I would say is... Uh, touch someone today with um, the importance of diabetes education. And, and then that will move forward. Suzanne, we really appreciate your time and you sharing your knowledge and expertise. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Can I say one more thing? One other thing is don't be afraid. Kate and her staff are there to help. So you're not alone. If you have an issue or you want to find out a resource, just reach out to Kate because she, she is so helpful, and they, they're there to help us, and that's a resource everyone should have in their pocket to call. Well, we're always here to help at AADE. My name and information are on AADE's website. You can connect with me there and on the Advocacy Forum on my AADE network, 
and we're happy to answer any other questions that you have or help in any other way. Well, thank you again, Suzanne, and thanks to everyone for listening today. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. Some of our key takeaways from today's discussion included talking about the fact that advocacy is not a one-size-fits-all entity. So there are all different advocacy opportunities depending on your level of expertise and your level of interest. So really, the biggest message is don't be afraid to get involved if you are unsure about jumping into the advocacy world. And if you're already involved in the advocacy world, try to fine-tune your skills, take those skills to the next level. And one of the best ways to start is just by collecting information, reviewing AADE's website, and starting to catch up on some of the advocacy news that we try to make readily available to AADE members and others who are interested in getting involved. To access resources and notes from today's discussion, visit diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.